Welcome to your Magical Life Podcast. A sacred space to explore, create, and manifest more magic into your daily life. I'm Crystal, homeschool mom to two wildlings and lover of all things witchy and magical. And I'm Ash, your resident art witch and priestess, helping you trust your intuition through art and divination. Hey, Ash, how are you? Good. How are you? I see you're already ready for summer there with all of your flowers in the background. And Yes, I am. We are doing our summer solstice episode today, which is Letha or Midsummer. There's a few different names for it. And I am ready for summer. Of course, I live in California. And so it is summer about 75 to 85% of the year. And so we've been having beautiful sunny weather. We've been in our pool. We've made a beach trip. And so, yeah, we are full on summer mode here. And we homeschool. So it's like really trudging through the last of this bit. Although it's really fun because that's the beauty of homeschooling is that we can lean into this natural shift of getting excited for summer and our learning becomes a bit more relaxed. We take our books out by the pool and read them and, you know, we do our math at the beach. So, you know, we are turning towards summer, although I'm not fully letting go quite yet because we always film a few weeks ahead of time. So technically it is not quite summer yet. (laughs) It's definitely not summer yet here either in Northern Wisconsin. But I can actually see a little bit of green on the ground and we have some sun. But I like how you follow that season with the learning that you get to do some of the learning outside and enjoy both aspects of learning and nature. Definitely. And I feel like nature is my co-teacher. Really, nature drives the curriculum, the seasons, we just start to notice the shift. Like you said, the greenery that's starting to come out, the birds that are starting to come out, the bees and pollinators and butterflies, which are also huge symbols of the summer solstice and Letha are those animals as well. Yeah. And hopefully we'll start seeing those soon. Right now, it's still a little chilly for them out. But by the time this podcast actually launches and is live for the solstice we should be seeing it or getting closer to seeing those signs is there still snow on the ground there yes oh my goodness but mostly the snow that's left though is from the huge pile that was just plowed from the driveway and everything so it's not like there's snow covering the whole ground or anything like that but that, there is still a little. That is so funny. My mom's birthday is June 21st, which is usually the summer solstice. Sometimes it's the 20th. It could be up to the 23rd. But I say a lot of times it falls on June 21st, which is her birthday. And she's going to be 80 this year. We are going on a cruise to celebrate. So we're super excited that she made it to 80 because she had a big cancer scare last year. Actually, two. A couple past few years. And so making it to 80 is a huge milestone for her. We're so grateful. And she just told me this adorable story of when she was a little girl, because of course, her birthday always fell on the longest day of the year. And her body and the light wanted to stay awake. But her parents would always want her to go to bed the same time as when it was winter. And her so she just 
It was so cute to see my mom talk about when she was little and how now that I'm with my son and daughter and like homeschooling, how the children really know to honor the seasons and yet the adults and society impose our clocks and calendars on everybody. That is a great story. And I totally like to impose the clocks on my kids, even though they (laughs) also know that it's daylight, so they should be awake. But I need a little bit of me time at the end of the day. Oh, trust me. (laughs) As a mom, I am with you. I'm like, I am done. It is bedtime. (laughs) Did you know that in many parts of the world, though, to celebrate and honor Letha or Midsummer, people will stay up. They'll have these big bonfires, parties, dancing, and enjoying the longest day of the year. They stay up. Some people will actually wake up early to see the sun rise and then stay up and be outside to see the sunset. So they're witnessing both the sunrise and the sunset. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of myths about the Oak King and the Holly King. One is winter, one is summer, and they duel it out and battle it out. And one time of the year, I forget which is which, one takes over. And then at Yule, the winter solstice, the other one takes over and the nights become the longest and the day becomes the shortest. And it's just so interesting to see that wheel and how it's constantly shifting. Absolutely. I would say the Holy King would be Yule and then the Oat would be Letha for what is growing during those seasons. That makes sense. I love that being able to see that. In theory, I love being able to wake up early enough to see the sunrise. You might. I do not wake up first. But maybe one of these years I will get up early enough to see the sunrise in my area. But I like that they have all these different places like Stonehenge where they built specific places where they can see the sunrise like right through the stones. Because they were more in tune with that of where the sun rose at what time of year. And so they built these Uh, holy places to dedicate their time and their life to the earth and its cycles. Absolutely. It is fascinating. It is amazing because this is ancient civilizations, like pre-scientific discovery, mapping of the trajectory of the planets, the earth. They didn't know where any of this stuff was, yet they were so in tune, like you said, with the earth, with the elements around them. That they noticed, I think this is how the calendars really started, you know what I mean? Is they noticed the sun would hit that spot only one time every year and built monuments around it. It's like you said, in England, there's Stonehenge. And I believe it is because it's a ring of stones. And then there's the center stone. And on the summer solstice, I think I read that it's when the sun directly hits that center stone. Another one, I think it could be the winter solstice is when I think the sun or sets or rises between certain stones. Maybe also, I'm not sure. I'm not exactly sure. But there's also similar in ancient Egypt. The pyramids Mm -hmm. are placed and built where the sun on the solstices rises and sets right between them. Is that coincidence? Absolutely not. I didn't know that part. I knew that they were built where like the stars aligned with the tops of the pyramids but i didn't realize that they were built where the sun rises and sets at specific points between them that's cool yeah and the mayan civilization as well in south america they built i was watching this amazing documentary on pbs about with my kids 
I love homeschooling. <laughs> and actually, my husband is the one who brought this one up to us because he loves PBS and cool history stuff. The ancient Mayan civilization, they built down. They built their stuff inside the mountains. And yet still, there is like passageways that are fully illuminated and lit up only on the solstices, the way that they built it. And it's just amazingly cool and mind-blowingly accurate for their time. Yeah, that, that's really interesting. And like it, they're building inside of a mountain. So of course they have to have some kind of illumination. Oh, that that's really cool that they were able to, and I know a lot of ancient civilizations, they would have the mirror kind of mirror systems of mm. light would catch on to one that would catch on to the next mm. to illuminate. Uh, so that's another interesting way that they knew how to work with the sun and the moon. And so you said that they didn't know scientifically, but they knew exactly what they were doing. Which kind of brings me to, I don't know, slightly conspiracy part of our episode. Was it aliens? I'm just going to go there. Because how did they also move those giant stones to make the pyramids and to move the stones to Stonehenge? Okay, that's all I'm going to say on that. But could it be? <laughs> I'm all for it. But I think we also know <laughs> part of how things were built at one point in history, which was not by chosen work. <laughs> oh, so what else can we do to celebrate this amazing holiday? So it is a halfway point. It's a solstice. There's two solstices a year. Do you have your amazingly beautiful wheel of the year that is a downloadable printable that people, our listeners, our watchers can go to our website, click the downloads tab at the top, and there's a bunch of free resources, including this Wheel of the Year printable that Ash created. She just put her, she colored it, painted it, and cut it out and put it in her grimoire, her shadow, Book of Shadows, and is now going to keep it so she could keep track of everything she does on those holidays. And I love that idea. So can you tell us what is opposite of the summer solstice on there? We have. So we've got. So since it's summer solstice, the opposite is then, of course, winter solstice, which is Yule. Mm. So we've got the sun, the flowers, and we've got the candlelight and the harvest of what's left of the harvest. So the dried fruits and that kind of thing. Um, so it's opposite. One is light. I love that. Daylight. One is dark and candle <laughs> And so I love that. So, you know, because it's broken into eight. So top and bottom, we have the winter and summer solstice. Lightest day of the year, most sun. Darkest day of the year, most night. Then when you go this way, you've got the equinoxes. Summer, or sorry, spring equinox and fall equinox. And that is when there is equal light and day. And then we also have those cross-quarter days in between, which we had just had Beltane. Actually, we're filming today is on Beltane, which is another reason why I have my beautiful flowers here. But I love how the wheel is just constantly turning. And you can see that progression. The seed that you blessed at in bulk with those intentions, what you hope to grow this next year. Then on Ostara, the first day of spring, we planted that seed that we blessed. Then Beltane, 
We are watching this flower just start to bud. We're tending to it. We're bringing it outside, turning towards the light because the light is starting to shift. Now, by Letha, by today, it's in full bloom. We are appreciating the abundance of what we have sown. This is the brightest day of the year. And it is a day that is so important for expressing gratitude, seeing how far you've come since things were dark, since Yule, since the last six months, taking stock of what happened, what you're grateful for, what you hope to happen for the rest of the year, your new intentions for the rest of the year, and then a moment of gratitude, really looking back and being grateful for the hard times as well as the good times, because no matter what, there's a lesson there. And by this point of the year, when things are looking brighter, it's easier to look at maybe some of those darker aspects of things that had happened that you overcame and surmounted. I really love each of the solstices, Sabbaths, Wheel of the Year events can be discussed as a tarot card. And of course, the summer solstice would be the sun card. And so I feel like the summer solstice really represents everything that the sun card in tarot does as well, which is success, happiness, light, joy. You have these bright colors and this little baby riding on this white horse. And it's just a card of pure joy and gratitude. Yeah, absolutely. That's what this time is all about is celebrating the abundance of the earth and the abundance of lights and warmth, hopefully warmth, fingers crossed, yes. knock on wood, and just the abundance of what you already have, what you've already cultivated and grown and what you need to do to keep that. And I wouldn't say keep the momentum going because that's not the point mm-hmm. of the wheel, but mm-hmm. to keep yourself in alignment and yourself in flow. And I feel like naturally, just like my kids and your kids, like we, if we weren't so tied to our jobs and the constant go of everything, you just generally feel better, have more energy in the summer months when the sun is out and you're just feeling good and wanting to do things. Yeah, absolutely. Like it, as soon as like the, I think as soon as Beltane or even Ostara hit, it was like, oh, hey. I want to organize my house and get outside and do things. And of course, the weather in whatever area you're in can affect that. But generally, my energy picks up. And throughout the winter months, your energy generally dips down and you don't do quite as many things. That's true. And I'm going to note again that this is in the northern hemisphere that we are celebrating this Letha summer solstice in the Southern Hemisphere, they are celebrating Yule. And it is just the opposite end of the wheel on the opposite side of the earth. And that is just so beautiful to me and interesting as well. So I just wanted to mention that if we have any listeners in the Southern Hemisphere, that they would be honoring Yule and everything that Yule stands for. Yeah, which is... Just another reminder how balanced the world is. There's there's always like the opposite side of everything. It's never like only one thing. It's always got that balance and that rotation to it. And I think that's so important because we try to be so black and white with our thinking nowadays, fit ever, fit everything into a nice, neat little box and not realize, oh, be positive, this positive mindset. We've talked about this a lot and not honoring that bad things do happen and it's okay to sit in that 
you're not stewing in your negativity. You're just feeling your feelings, all of them. It doesn't have to always be love and light. It can't always be love and light. There is darkness and shadow. There's the yin, the yang, the masculine, the feminine, the everything, the Southern hemisphere, the Northern hemisphere, the sun, the moon, the light, the dark, it's all in balance. And when we push to have any one part be more important or honored than the other, it just doesn't feel natural because it's not. Yeah. And I would also say that if summer solstice rolls around and you're just not feeling it right now, that's okay. Then don't feel shame if you're not in the abundant, happy, joyful state, right? There's the earth cycle and then there's also our internal cycles, like our individual mm-hmm. cycles. Don't feel bad or put yourself down if you know, the world is telling you that it's light and fun and summer and you should be happy and you're not that there's anything wrong. Like it's just the cycle. I am so glad that you brought that up. Absolutely. You can be in a seasonal soul winter during a calendar summer month. Some winters when you feel like I don't know. I feel like sometimes I go through a winter where I just want to pull back. I don't want to be with people. I need to focus in on myself. I want to retreat. I want to hibernate. Whether or not things are going well or bad in my life, sometimes it has to do with, oh yeah, I'm going through a lot. And sometimes it's just a feeling that I need to go within right now. And it's so important to always honor that internal feeling, no matter what the calendar is saying, no matter what other people are doing or saying, to honor your own seasonal shift. And know that winter can last a few years. I've known, I don't know that I've been through a few few year long winter, but I have known people that just have needed that, that time, that period of time, because everybody heals at a different rate and you just need to give yourself time to honor that. And if you rush yourself through a period where you need to take time, often those soul lessons are just going to come back again and repeat until you take the time to slow down and listen. Yeah, absolutely. It's been crazy few years and so everyone has had their things come up their own joys and their own sorrows so however it happened for you like that you need to honor that like you said and you need Mm -hmm. to if you need a few years to process from the last few years like yes honor that take that time Mm -hmm. (laughs) definitely definitely I wanted to hop into something interesting to me, which we actually just released this week, our deities episodes about different gods and goddesses. There are, and different ways to work with them. So if you haven't yet listened to the deities episode, you may want to go back and find some little tidbits, some different correspondences, but the ones that are great to work with for the summer solstice specifically, there's the Celtic goddess Anya, A-I-N-E. And I believe it's pronounced Anya. And she's actually the queen of the fairies as well. And that's something else. A whole other topic I would like to talk about is the Fae and their role in the summer solstice as well. But Anya, the goddess, Celtic goddess, is also, besides queen of the fairies, which is what I know her as, she is also the goddess of love, summer, sovereignty, and fertility. The Romans also celebrated Juno on the summer solstice, which is the wife of Jupiter. 
Jupiter, as we talked about in the deities episodes, all the planets in the Roman theology are the Greek gods under another name. So Jupiter is Zeus. So Jupiter's wife, Juno, in the Roman is Hera in the Greek. So if you know about Hera, she is honored on the summer solstice. She is the goddess of women, childbirth, and fertility. Fertility plays a huge role in a lot of these pagan traditions, the wheel of the year. Fire and fertility, big deal. <laughs> Besides Juno, there's also Vesta, which is Hestia in the Greek, and that is home, hearth, and family as well. For some reason, I would have thought of her as being more in the winter hibernation months, but it's cool that you're that she brings in, yeah. I've heard of their names, but I haven't done any work with any of them. So I would have thought more wintry months, but I guess you're cleansing, bringing the abundance into your home now and then settling down later in the year. I don't know for sure, but I would bet that she is also honored on Yule as well, because that does make sense. Hearth True. and things like that. And because of the balance that she would be honored at both. So maybe she is a solstice goddess, not necessarily just summer or winter. But Very true. since I was researching summer, she came up. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense for sure. Do you have anything you want to say about the Fae? If you don't plan to spend time every day honoring them, don't even try to go. <laughs> that is a good point. Uh, so <laughs> the Fae or the fairy race, there's many different names. The she is another name. So their own entity. We've done deities, we've done angels, ascended masters, animal spirits. The Fae are their own. I'm not even sure we'll do a Fae episode because I am not a Fae expert, but what you said makes sense. If um, you are not willing to yes. fully go in, you stay to the edge. <laughs> yeah. Before I learned too much about them, I was like, oh, it's time to celebrate the Fae. And then there was something new and ridiculous every single week because we just weren't. We're welcoming it in an energy that we weren't prepared to handle. There was always something missing, always something breaking, always something going wrong. Yeah, if you're not prepared to handle that, then don't. Yes, they are known to be mischievous and things like that. And I think they're not like ill-intentioned necessarily to mess with the humans. They just have a different whole rule system than we do yeah absolutely i do know a few of the things to do to honor them but also once again if you're not going to be nice to them then like ultra nice they will wreak havoc because they're just proceed with treasures. caution <laughs> yes <laughs> proceed with caution is the recommendation here I will say that we do work with the fae, work with the fairies quite often. I don't know that we honor them every day, although my daughter is very connected to the fae and we have a little fairy garden. And so I would say she tends to it almost every day because there's this relationship and I support her. As I've showed you, we have this lucky clover patch in our yard. It's not directly right next to the fairy garden, but I feel like, I don't know, the brownies, the leprechauns, the fae, I feel like they're all friends. I don't know. I'm sorry if that's not true, but I feel like they're not, maybe not friends. They're in the same realm. The world that is, sure. yeah. I don't know. It's our world, but it's also another layer. I feel like children can see through it a lot easier than Absolutely. we can. And I take my lead from her. I have taught her a few things of etiquette 
I know you are not supposed to say please and thank you. So you are supposed to be nice, but specifically not please and thank you because it creates an agreement with them, like binding agreement, which you don't necessarily want to do because, again, their rules are different than ours. It's not bad. It's just different. And we don't understand theirs. They don't understand ours. And so please and thank you. You're also not supposed to give them your name. I've heard. Oh, okay. um, those are two things that I've heard. And again, who's to say? There are fairy, fairy and fae experts. Emily Carding, who does the amazing Transparent Tarot and Oracle that I love, has a yeah. book, Seeking Fairy, F-A-E-R-Y. Okay, and I right. made it through a bit of it, and I love it. It is a beautiful book, and it is small, and it has practical ways to work with the fae. And I feel called to the book at certain times, and then I feel called to put it down because I've worked enough. I've handled as much as I could now and need to go back and forth to it. And actually, I'm feeling called as this all these flowers. And today is Beltane May Day. We may, although today, actually, I heard Beltane is a day that the the veil is very thin to the fae world. And they yeah. do like to play a lot of tricks. And so if you see any like fairy rings, <laughs> fairy traps, basically stay out of them. If you see a cone and a sign that says do not enter or don't go into this part of the forest or just like a circle of leaves and it looks just so interesting, it's a fairy luring you in. Don't fall for it. <laughs> Same with portals or like archways, like trees oh. arching together, like na- those natural circles in nature. That's so interesting. And I've also heard that on Letha Night specifically, the Fae come out to play tricks on humans. Like Letha for them is like this battle of light and dark. So they are like a bit more yeah. mischievous as a result. And sure. folklore says that they've even dragged a human or two into their world on Letha Night. So if you work with the Fae, work safely and protect yourself. And apparently don't say please or thank you. But be polite. So I'm not, I've read both those things. I'm like, so how are we supposed to be polite without saying our name or please or thank you, which are like the most polite things of human, humanness. I don't know. (laughs) I've heard that they like, like milk and honey and that kind of thing. Doing a little thimble of milk and honey and putting that out as an offering. So that's your politeness. That's true. (laughs) That's true. And my daughter will bring them just little flowers and stone anything that's small little trinkets absolutely and they have beautiful adorable fairy items at the dollar store i'm not sure if anybody else knows or doesn't know this but they have just these cute little figurines and then you know why if you have been to a garden or fairy store you'll realize those little tiny things could get to be very pricey and then i went to the dollar store i'm like they're the same things for a dollar yeah we started there, but we just didn't take care of it after that. So, like, plants oh, died, man. and then things started getting a little haywire around the house. Yes. I did have an interesting fairy story as well, where they went a little haywire. It's You have to be careful with your power and your magic. You think these things, and you follow your intuition, but some people are more trained than others, and I feel like I'm, like, this, like, big kid (laughs) bubbling around my power but I don't really know what I'm doing like Harry Potter in the Ollivanders when he gets his first wand and it's not the right match and it's like everything blows up oops sorry uh it was one of those moments and I was 
working with the Fae or beginning to, and also trying to work with mirror magic, my only time. I've stopped working with the mirrors completely because a combination of fairies and mirrors, I can, you can only imagine it was chaotic. It literally blew up a transformer in my backyard, spewed oil, went on top of my son. But thankfully, it was not a hot day. It was like all the angels protected him because he's amazingly protected. He had this little hoodie on his head that somehow it didn't get on him and he was in the slide. So it didn't quite. But it was epic. And I was like, oh, boy. And I was trying to figure out what happened at first. I thought, oh, gosh, is somebody trying to hex us? There's all these bad things. And then as I was recounting what I had done, I was like, oh, no, I think I did this. Whoops. And so we are a lot more careful now um yep. with mirrors and with the fae so proceed with caution i will say again they're wonderful to work with and proceed with caution yeah um it's also another good reminder for opening and closing any circles oh, that you yeah. make so yeah. open your circle do your work close your circle there for you don't end up with any spirits wandering around your house terrorizing your children i often forget to close my circle and then <laughs> but okay but also in case you do because it's happened a good way to cleanse is to open all your windows and you, i use sound you could use smoke as well sage or whatever but i use sound cleansing but make sure you open your windows otherwise you've got everything just bouncing around and that's not cleansing it doesn't release yeah. them out and yeah release right. and then reset your protective boundaries as well absolutely yeah and that's good to do every once in a while anyways just to oh yeah re-energize and that's bring me back to Lita. it's probably a good time to do that as well to like welcome in that abundance like open that door up for abundance and to anything that's still feeling a little stuck or a little stagnant to cleanse that out so you can continue to welcome that feeling and that Absolutely. joy back I love that. Definitely. Definitely. Video editing can be difficult. There's new programs, learning how to edit video and audio at the same time. And then of course the dogs bark and the kids run into the frame and you get lost in a fit of giggles with your co-host. Now you have to learn how to edit all of these things out and end up with a presentable audio and video for all of the different platforms. But with Descript, it's easy. No editing skills required. With text-based editing, you end up with a polished final product that looks and sounds amazing. All of your videos are turned into a transcript. You edit the text and Descript edits the video for you. When you cross out a word in the transcript, the video is automatically edited. Plus, with Studio Sound, all you have to do is click a button and the little background noises of dogs, kids, and movement around your mic are edited out. When you're done, you can publish the full file or just clips by highlighting what you want to share. You can even change the formatting from landscape to portraits, making this one tool that does everything you need to record a video podcast. To learn more about Descript, go to yourmagicallife.bcns.ai slash Descript and sign up today to start creating your own amazing video content. I was going to also talk about, I have researched a few different things. If you are going to, you could create an altar for Letha. You can use some of these items in rituals or things like that, but some colors that are associated with Letha. You could even just wear these colors, decorate your table or house with them, use them in a simmer pot or in candle magic. So these are just colors that are associated with Letha. So we have gold, green, orange, red, 
white, and yellow. And these are the colors that are associated with the sun and the earth. So gold is like energy, power, prosperity, those solar deities, strength, success. All of this is gold, the wisdom and the sun, you know, it makes sense. And if you have like gold, actual gold or gold rings, gold jewelry, gold, what was I thinking? Different crystals as well, like pyrite or goldstone. Yeah, the color so. green. <laughs> yeah. The color green is great for, of course, abundance, calming, fertility, growth, new beginnings, and prosperity. Orange is great for courage. And again, that sun energy, optimism, success. Red is, I think, the sun too, you know what I mean? And that's creativity, desire, Fiery. energy, fire, lust, and passion as well. White is also good because it's cleansing, healing, innocence, as we were talking about on the sun card with that white horse. You have optimism. You have truth, protection as well. And then good old yellow. Yellow is creativity, happiness, protection, and the sun. And of course, the element is fire. Yellow. Yes. Yellow is also your solar plexus, which is your drive, your passion, your like yeah. get things done, energizing. And also with those, just like everything else, we've got the balance. We've got the green grounding mm -hmm. and like the sun or the the color of colors of the sun. So we've right. got the energizing and the grounding, like the air and the earth. That just like all of the others, yeah. That's that's such a great observation. I love that too. Because at first I was like, yeah, all the yellows and the golds and the orange and the red, that made sense to me. And then they threw in green and I was like, that seems so opposite, but it's that balance and the earth color. So it does make sense. It does. And like you need to be able to ground into the earth and whatever you're creating in order to create more of it. Definitely. And I think that it's honoring the earth and the bounty of the earth and how much the earth provides for us, especially at this summer, peak of summer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And everything's growing. So we've got the green of the grass and the plants and the leaves and all of that. Like that's at its peach. Yeah. All the longest day yeah. of the year. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And so some additional crystals, like we were saying, you could use any stones that are those orange, gold, brown, yellow, green earth colors, just like the color correspondences or specifically sun energy. There's like fire agate and things like that. Citrine, amber, tiger's eye. Those would all be really good, I think, to work with. Ooh, what you got there? Yeah, I've got this. I've got this orange calcite that's like yellow, oh, yeah. orangey, white. Yeah which is good for creativity. So like that would be a good one to correspond here too. Definitely. I'd like that one. Yeah. And then trees, as you were saying, oak is a tree that grows and is associated. So you're right. It was probably the oak king. <laughs> Birch is another tree, elder or laurel or linden. And Letha is an excellent time. I know you just did this activity with your kids. It's an excellent time for wand making. So you can use twigs or small branches from those trees, birch, oak, elder. If you can find like branches or trees that have already been fallen down, like, of course, that's better. If that's not possible, you can clip it cleanly and thank the tree or leave it an offering or something. But once you have your your wand, your stick, your base, you can add 
anything to it. You can add crystals or acorns, leaves, herbs, seeds, whatever you want. And then you can charge it in the sunlight for the remainder of the day and then use that throughout the year when you need a little help from the sun god. Yeah, absolutely. This was one that we did a couple of years ago. So we used glitter glue. And That's the fun. kids picked up my stick and the wood. So we just did it again. I haven't finished mine yet, but we kept it basic that year of just glitter glue, painted it all on there. And so I have that on my altar too. I love that. Everything is about intention. Whatever makes you feel good and happy. I think glitter glue makes me feel very happy. So I love it. Yeah, you could even do glow in the dark. Yeah, oh, glow yeah. in the dark would, would be, be cool. fun too. That would so be many really ideas. Fun. Yeah, or you could collect if you find feathers on the ground, you can tie those on there or ribbons or all yes. kinds of different little things that you find along the way too. And I think it's just like we were saying, an important time to connect with the earth, show gratitude to Mother Earth and things like that as well. Another important thing about, I feel like... <laughs> Every single Sabbath that we talk about has a big importance of fire, but this one is a really big importance for fire because the sun is a fireball and it's the brightest day of the year. And so fire is huge as we talked about bonfires, but also candle magic again is a great time for Mm -hmm. candle magic. You can go ahead and grab one of those colors that I talked about, a candle, and look at the different correspondences and see what it is that you really want to bring in this year and write the different things, dress it with the herbs. Put your intentions in there and light the candle as well. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, another thing I'm going to do this year, actually, now that we're talking about this, whenever this comes along, like I'm hoping that there'll be some wildflowers out by this point. And so I'm going to go find some, press them and preserve them. Oh, to preserve that energy and to create another like a talisman or an amulet. I love um, that. To preserve that energy. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Just gardening, going out and gardening that day as well. Another great idea I saw that I might do is making a sun catcher with the kids, like the, with the colored paper, thin paper, tissue paper. That's what I'm trying to say. There we go. And make uh, the colorful (laughs) sun catchers and hang them in the window and let that light in and make beautiful things. It's also a great time for specific spell work and things like that. If you are into spell work for healing, self-love, self-growth, protection, love spells, all of those are really lend themselves to this summer solstice as well. And if you're not into work, you could go for a ride, a bike ride outside, go to the beach. There's a wide range from completely witchy to just a little witchy. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And that's another one of those times when, you know, if you're not out to the world that you're a witch, then there's still plenty of activities you can do. Or if you need to include kids, then plenty of things that you can do that are age appropriate as well. Absolutely. This was so fun. I love talking yeah. all about these sabbats with you because I learned something new each time from you. I learn new things as I'm researching. And then as I go and take it into my own practice, different things come to my intuition. And it will be things that I didn't read, I didn't hear, but they just feel right. And they will become practices that I continue year after year. 
like last last year, my mom came over because it was her birthday. We often celebrate it with her. And we made these spell jars together, her and me and the kids and the little tiny glass bottles. I think I've shown them on a previous episode. You could fill them with herbs with crystals, with the intentions. And again, giving thanks for what has happened, putting in the wishes that we have that are upcoming, setting those intentions for the year and being mindful about it. I think you had also said you do in your grimoire, you have a specific spread that you do for Letha. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was just thinking about that, that we hadn't shared that yet. So let's share that. Do you want me to pull cards with that or just say what the cards would be and each person can pull whatever you think i've got decks here too so I... if you want to read it and i can pull a card oh, yeah let's do what's that what's easier for you i've got this solitary witch deck that's been like calling my name to use oh, for the podcast it's perfect. brand new but i feel like it's perfect for our listeners i imagine you're each a bit of a solitary witch maybe you have your own coven maybe you're just starting on the journey maybe you're fully immersed in it no matter what though there's practices that we can do on our own but when we're talking about them together it's like we have a larger coven or sisterhood or whatever as well <laughs> okay all right so card number 1 is what is my year building to all right, what is my year building to? All right, so we have here the garden or hallowed moonlight. Oh, cool. That's interesting. Okay, so what is my year building toward? Okay. So the main meaning of this is to seek beauty in the challenge. So I feel like that is what life is guiding us to do, is that whatever challenges we may come across in this year, what we're building is being able to see the beauty in all of it, that dark and light, the balance, like we were saying, which I think is perfect yeah. on this summer solstice. Finding a way to nurture what most people cannot appreciate. We were talking about vulture energy the other day, you know, that beauty in the darkness. Spending time on what's difficult with great rewards to come. Sharpening your senses and trusting what your physical eyes cannot always see. So I love that. I love that. Okay. Yeah. So that's the first card. Awesome. That's what our year's building towards. Yes. So the next one is like our gratitude practice of what is the best outcome from the last six months? Oh, gratitude. So what is the best outcome from the last six months? Okay, we got her little cauldron. I love this card. These cards are so gorgeous. So we have for our listeners who aren't seeing the cards, the first card had a witch with her cup of coffee by a full moon. The second card has a little witch in a tree with a cauldron, her little cauldron. And so this is what the last six months. Could you repeat the question again? Yeah, what is the best outcome of the last six months? The best outcome of the last six months. Oh, this is beautiful. Okay, so this says that the little witch and her cauldron, that she is not beholden to anyone. She is in service, but not servitude. She has traditions within spells, magic, and family. She is walking a different path, 
one of freedom, but also challenges, choosing the right path despite difficulties, maintaining independence, being powerful, certainty in who you are, what you do, how you do it, and why, a quiet authority that lets the forest and animals know you as witch and friend. So I feel like this past six months, we have been building our repertoire. We have been the solitary witch in the woods with our little cauldron and our little fox friend doing our thing. We are, we've disconnected from giving other people our power. We have disconnected from the world being told what to do and which path to take. We're walking our own path, one of freedom, one of spells and magic. And one where power is not given based on material goods. Oh, I love that. I feel like it resonates. Yep. Yep, absolutely. Third and final is what is falling away now? What is falling away now? How interesting. Sweet Ostara harvest. So as we're switching, I love that. What's falling away, that is cool because the wheel is always turning. It makes sense. Here we have this little girl, for those of you who cannot see it, she's holding a basket full of flowers and looking longingly there. And so I feel like what is falling away is that holding on to the past. Ostara has passed. Was Ostara beautiful? It was nice. It was a good season. Spring was great, but now we're on to summer. And after summer will be fall and then winter, spring will come again. But we can't hold on to either the good or the bad. I think the wheel just keeps turning. I love it. That's perfect. We'll share that spread for anyone who wants to pull their own cards along with what you just gave us. But I think that was perfect. The cards that came up. That's a great deck. I think so too. It is. I really enjoy it. I'm just getting used to it, just learning about it now. And I think that the messages that you would get for that spread would be absolutely different messages given like a tarot deck. If I had picked up a tarot deck, we could get a different meaning. You could layer and do one card for tarot for each and then one oracle card as well. You could, I love combining decks. I don't know. Some people Maybe not combining decks in the way that you combine decks, (laughs) mixing them all together. Although I will say there's one new deck that I got that I'm considering it. But anyways, I think that it's, I think that it is a beautiful practice. And I'm so glad that you brought that spread to us today. And I wanted to mention to our listeners, I want to start doing a new thing where I pull a tarot card or Ash, one or the other of us will take turns maybe pulling a card. Uh, for our listeners. So if you have a topic or area of your life or a specific question that you would like us to pull a card on, go ahead and drop us an email. Write your name and your question or your topic that you would like us to pull a card for you on. And in the episode, we will choose one of our listeners and pull a card for you. And that message may apply to some of our other listeners as well. Because when we do collective readings, just like I did this one, I felt like all three of those cards resonated deeply for me and my life, but I saw Ash nodding her head along. Yeah, that resonates for me as well. And I hope that our listeners are going to say, wow, 
that actually makes sense in my life too, because we're also connected and card readings can absolutely be for more than one person. Ask your question. We might choose you to pull a card specifically for you and the listeners who are catching, even if we don't choose you, hopefully you can get something out of the card reading and it would be a fun way to get to know and engage our listeners. So we are looking forward to hearing from you. Also, if you have any stories, if you want to let us know what have you done on the summer solstice, who else, what other deities do you work with? What do you agree with us about? What do you disagree with us about? We want to hear it all. We would love to feature your stories, your questions, give you some answers to the best of our ability and just get to know you guys more. So please feel free, drop us a comment, drop us an email. We'd love to hear from you guys. Yeah, we want to do listener story episodes where we would just share your stories, reading them on the show and talking about them afterwards. And we would do the same with the card reading of having that on the show and sharing that message with y'all. Let us know. Our email will be in the show notes as well. So we hope to hear from you and thank you for tuning into this episode and hope you have a amazing summer solstice. Take care. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Your Magical Life. We hope you enjoyed it. Drop a comment and let us know what you liked and what you'd like to see more of. We love hearing from our listeners and featuring your most requested topics in our Q&A section. Be sure to like, subscribe, and follow. And don't forget to check the show notes for bonus content. Send us your stories, questions, and comments to magicallifepod at gmail.com. And we'll see you next time as we continue to explore, create, and manifest more magic into our daily lives. Until then, I'm Crystal. And I'm Ash. Take care and keep making magic. Magic.